Moines. Now, today's biggest story in the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Kevin Sutherland is the winner of the 2019 Principal Charity Classic from Wakanda Club. Sutherland's birdie on the second playoff hole capped the third largest final round comeback in the history of the PGA Champions Tour. Sutherland was eight back to start the day. Some football recruiting commitments over the weekend. Iowa State has picked up their long snapper for the 2020 class with the commitment of Kobe Haithcock. Haithcock is the second-ranked long snapper in the country, according to Cole's Kicking, who evaluates specialists throughout camps. AKD Centennial offensive lineman Brady Peterson has also committed to the Cyclones. Iowa football has landed their first commitment of the 2021 class. Offensive lineman Gennings Dunker, a 6'5", 265-pounder from Illinois, has made his commitment to the Hawkeyes. NBA Finals Game 2 last night. An 18-0 run into the third quarter gave the Warriors a commanding control of the game. The Raptors cut it to two late, and then Andre Iguodala. They try and knock it away from Curry. Curry throws it. Livingston has it. Back to Iguodala. Iguodala puts it up. It's good. Andre Iguodala drills it with 5.9 remaining. The call from Mike Breen on ABC 109-104. The final series tied up at a game apiece. Game three Wednesday night in Oakland. Two MLB and the Twins continue to rake. A high fly to left center field. It is tagged and it is gone. No, it's not. It hit a catwalk. No, they're calling it a home run. <laughs> Fox Sports North with the call. 11th home run of the season four scope as the Twins hold on for a 9-7 win and have the best record in baseball at 40-18. In St. Louis, the Cardinals finish off a sweep of the Cubs. The 1-1. Carpenter, base hit into center. Wong will score. Matt Carpenter off the bench. This pumping his way down to first base. 2-0 St. Louis. Cardinals hold on for the 2-1 victory on the call from Fox Sports Midwest. In Pittsburgh, the Brewers jump on the Pirates early. Been a bright spot. There's a drive into right field, and Thames is going to send one out. A two-run home run for Eric Thames. Brian Anderson on the call, Fox Sports Milwaukee. The Brewers lead the NL Central by a game and a half. On the south side, the White Sox finish off a 3-1 series win against the Indians. Tim deep to left field. Allen's back on it. At the wall, it is gone! Ninth home run of the season for Anderson. On the call from Jason Benetti from the White Sox Television Network and another dominating performance from Lucas Giolito. He goes seven and a third, five hit ball, no runs, and nine strikeouts in the victory. High school baseball tonight on 1460 KXNO. As I'll bring you the call, game two of a doubleheader, seven o'clock with the first pitch, Dowling Catholic at Ankeny. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alright, welcome back. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Little breaking news on the state's biggest game, Trent Condon. Yes, an extension for the Cyhawk football game. 2023 was the end of the contract. They've extended it for two more years through 2025. This year, uh, the schedule a little bit funky as the game will be played in week three. Mm-hmm. 
going forward, though, and starting again next season, it'll be back to week two for the Cyhawk game. And the two years that were just added are both week two. So is it all week two after this year? It is, yeah. Next year, it'll be September 12th. Iowa opens that year with you and I. The following season, 2021, Iowa opens before the Cyhawk game in week two with, I don't know, Indiana Hoosiers. Really? 2021, Iowa will begin the season Love with a it. conference game. Ready or not, here we yes. go. Kinnick Stadium, the Hoosiers That's pay a awesome. visit. That's great. Good, I love it. And uh, then after that, every year going forward, then it will be week two for the Cyhawk game. I like week three, though. Uh, it's, 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 gonna, it's certainly different, no doubt about that. Well, the television contract expires in prior to the 2025 Football season, I want to say. All right. I think it ends at the end of basketball. I think. Makes sense. Probably through the, the sports calendar. Through the, the sports calendar, yeah. right. So then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But look, this game is never going away. It's the biggest game in the state. Never. It's never going away. Ever. I hear that a lot. Ah, oh, play every, you know, play two years and take two years off. No, it's never going away. It's, it means too much to our state. Does it? Yes, it does, Trent. As somebody who doesn't is completely 100% neutral, there's not a lot of us. I'm one of them. It's the biggest game in the state. I love the week. I hate the week. I love the week. It's a great game. Usually. It has been for the last, you know, since, well, when, when did McCartney turn around? 98? Yeah. It's because of the way both conferences are currently constructed, the mm-hmm. Big 12 and the Big 10. Nine conference games, three non-conference games. This is it. This is your big non-conference game. Yeah. There is never again playing Florida State or Iowa State. No. Imagine the build-up there. Notre Dame's not coming to Kinnick. No. And you're not going there. Because of the flexibility is gone. Is that a good thing? Yes. It's a good thing. It is. So you're excited with Miami of Ohio, Middle Tennessee. I didn't say that. Northern Illinois, South Dakota State, Colorado State, Kent State, Nevada. No. Western Michigan. Those are Iowa's non-conference opponents. I'm excited about Iowa and Iowa State playing football every September. As they should. But two years off, four years on? No, don't, don't, no, 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 no. Trent, you, we, look, we think, wait, wait till Black Friday, and, and this is a, this is a, an example that's nowhere close to even on the same level. Wait till Black Friday, the, the Nebraska Iowa game moves. People are gonna, eh, you know what, it's better when it's here. It's better when I, when Iowa State play football every September. I wasn't here when they didn't, so I don't know what it's like. Right, back in the 70s. Back Neither in was the I. the 70s, right. Right, you you weren't anywhere. No, no, <laughs> um, no. It's just it 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 has to be played there. Okay, I can be swayed on that one. I just it's the biggest game in the state, Trent. It's the one game every every year. I mean, what's 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 uh, where where are they going to park the uh, what's the TV the the Cyhawk television bus that they take? <laughs> what are they going to do with that? RVTV. All right, thank you. RVTV. You don't think they're going to be traveling around for the Middle Tennessee <laughs> no. game instead? You and I game, right? When, they, when, they, have, when they play names one year and at Kinnick the next year, no, it's not going to be the same. Wouldn't have the same kind of no, ring to no, it. No, 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 no. Look what it does. Look how many, that, wherever community that thing stops, it's a perfect example. Just because it's, you know, it's relevant to us here. Look at look at the the support that people just can't get enough. They lap it up. Last week, we got to see the point spread for this game officially in a place that you can bet it mm-hmm. in Vegas. Chris Williams will be there tomorrow. Two and a half was the number at one of the spots. The Gold Nugget had it as a pick em. Yeah, that, I'm wondering where that's at now because it's actually been bet up. Iowa State's a three-point favorite. Three-point favorite. This was as of Friday. So you get a phone call from one of the casinos August 1st. They say, Ken Miller, we need your help. Where do you open this game? 
Um, well, I think I would have. Iowa State will be favored this year. Yes. So for the first time since 2000. Yeah, I think probably two and a half, three. I think the number's probably good right now. I thought that two and a half number was good. Yeah. I Look, like I, I like Iowa the game right now. You do? Yes, I do like Iowa the really? game. Really? I think I, yes. I, In I, Jack Trice. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not I'm not ready to go on a limb and say that they're going to win yet. I yes. we will pick it's the June game. 3rd. right? But anybody thinking that you know, go ahead and when you're W and L and Iowa State schedule and you get to week three, well, it'll be week two for them because they get a buy. Well, that's a win. <laughs> really, it is a toss up game. It's a complete toss up game. Home field, I lean Iowa State's mm-hmm. way. I think the point spread. Campbell's never beaten that. Kirk Ferentz. It's a good point. And something I mean, does that put brought up too much? Not enough. I don't seem well, to hear a talking it. point. I don't hear it often though. But a loss here with a preseason top twenty-five team mm-hmm. at home—it's the only—it's the one box he hasn't been able to check in his tenure at Iowa State. That that sound is going to get a lot louder mm-hmm. from both. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think look, from both factions too. Well, of course, Iowa fans are going yes, to. They'll absolutely. hold it over. Oh, look sure at this. You can't even beat Iowa at home. Come on. But look what Campbell's done for that program. Oh, the yes. football program is, their arrow's pointing. I mean, it's never been pointing. Trent, honest to God, you most years when the schedule come out and we would get to a point where we're going to forecast Iowa State, eh, two and ten, three and nine. Right? Yeah. Rinse yeah. and repeat, three right. and nine. Eh, if they win an extra game, three and nine, probably more so two and ten. No. <laughs> no longer the case. No. Is we'd where put, are they going bowling? We'd put together the over-under, and it'd be total for Iowa, Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa State, combined. right. All right, you're at 7 or 8 for Iowa. Because I got 8 for Iowa, and I got Iowa State. No, right. it's 11 and a half. Right. That I'm taking the this under. Year? I'm taking the under. Uh, that number this year. Whew. 15? I, I want to make it, I, we want to break the tie. 14 and a half or 15 and a half? I'd go 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Okay. I would go 15 and a half. So if they both go 8 and 4, you're a winner. Is that your number? Yeah. I, right in that range. I was right at 15 is what I thought. Yeah, I, but you got you can't have a push. But, yeah, you don't want to have a push, uh-huh. so I'd bump it up. I think I'm still on the low side for Iowa, though. That schedule is such a bear for the Hawkeyes. Road tilts at Iowa State, at Michigan, at Nebraska, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and Northwestern, the three heavy heads from the conference. That's your five road games. Are they going to be able to run the football? I haven't been able to the last couple That's of years. My question on Akram Wadley covered up a lot of ills mm-hmm. the last few seasons. For everybody that wants Brian Ferentz to be the head coach in waiting, how about he put together a run game first? And, th- and then we can start to have that conversation. Uh-huh. Have an offense in the top half of college football, and then let's start having that conversation. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yes. Yes, I, I'm with you. That's that's the big question mark. All right, Scott Dockerman coming up real quick, and I mentioned this going into the break, and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm, just, I'm not going to linger on this. I, I can't believe the um, – if, if, if you're, I didn't want to say the show. I'm not even going to do it. You know okay. what? I'm not going to say it. There's a spoiler out there. There though. is, and you'll 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 know it when you hear it. I heard it from Ken. Well, I, yeah, I just I I shouldn't have told you that because I know you like that show. That's all right. It's all right. But it's, it's I'm I'm a, I'm a few days behind anyway, so I would have heard at some point, I'm sure, before I actually got to that episode. Is, is it as big a story as in, in TV these last few weeks? Right? There's no doubt. Okay, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Scott Dockerman joins us next. Then Dylan Montz. But who does those things? Spoilers. And this this is from a legitimate. Entity. Sociopaths. Why would you do that to people? Exactly. But I, the buildup's going to be there. Even people that normally don't watch probably... Count me in that number. ...will tune in to see it. There, there's got to be a now let's tell you about, People are starting to figure it out. Yeah. Right? We're going to stop. Uh, Scott Dockerman, Dylan Montz, here till noon. Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO.
Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Didn't think I was going to talk, did you? <laughs> going to let that one go? I didn't have any Motley Crue ready to go for Doc this week. Well, you did, you did just fine in my book. <laughs> I know that. Uh, let's get Scott Dockerman in here. Cyhawk extended 24 and 25. The Athletic Act yet another sport that they're going to cover. That's the MMA for you MMA fans out there. Maybe this will finally push you over the edge and... Uh, gets you to spend your two ninety nine, three dollars ninety nine cents a month. Uh, the athletic continues to expand. Scott Dockerman's part of it. Wrote a very, very informative piece. Scott Dockerman, good to talk to you on the uh, Big Ten and the media partners and how they came out with that football schedule. Uh, and they're so far ahead, at least as far as naming or identifying kickoff times than in previous years. This we weren't expecting. I don't think. How are you, Doc? Hey, doing great. How's it going today? Doing pretty well. Yeah, it was kind of weird that we know, what is it, seven, I think, uh, Iowa kickoff times already here, uh, early June. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the first three weeks are always released in late May, first week of June, and then uh, usually then they have select dates, and a lot of those include homecomings, and that's part of the reason why you, you see in the month of uh, October, so many different 11 a.m. kickoffs here, you know, Michigan and in Purdue and Northwestern. And then, you know, at the end of the season, which I think is the most fascinating uh, part of this whole schedule that's got put together, is the Iowa-Nebraska game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on BTN. Uh, it's at a different time, which I think is a perfect time, frankly, 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, so I think that's, uh, to me, uh, it, it is fascinating. But it does leave the door open on some uh, other potential changes. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, Penn State. Uh, you know, what time is that going to be at Kinnick? You kind of think that that would mirror the the evening, but you never know. I mean, it's really up to the networks at that point. Same thing with Wisconsin later on. You know, it, it seemed to be much easier before Fox also inserted themselves into the Big Ten package to kind of map things out a little bit easier. You had a good feeling for the most part when games were going to fall. Not only has Fox been in here and changed up that you know decade of what we were kind of used to, but also coupled with that, this year they're deciding to go 11 o'clock with a lot of their big games and putting them in that early window. How big of a change is that going to be for the Big Ten? And overall, this marriage with Fox, how good do you think it's been being on the Big Fox network for the Big Ten as a whole? Well, I think it's important because it's you know, financially uh, you know, important. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the fact that each team is pulling in more than $50 million a year from their media rights and conference offers, I think, is huge. So uh, Fox can kind of do whatever it wants. Now, uh, the fascinating part is it kind of revolutionizes the TV day for fans, and, and it's something to get used to. Generally speaking, you think of that early game as maybe there's one nationally that's, that's kind of relevant. The rest are more regionally relevant. Now you've got one in the Big Ten or Big 12 that is going to be probably the best game of the day is going to be on Fox. And so you've got to kind of map up your schedule a little bit differently. I think everybody likes to play the, the guessing game as to what time these mm-hmm. games are going to be. I mean, once you get into February, practically people are, oh, what are the night games going to be? Right. But you used to be able to guess that, and but now you can't right. because 
you have a 12-day window, and, and then you have the Fox window now, which is uh, they want their best game early in the day because, you know, frankly, it lets, allows their morning show to compete better head-on with college game day, mm-hmm. and it can lead right into a great game. Not, um, you know, has been mentioned, you know, on ESPN, you know, it leads right into a the third or fourth best Big Ten game every day. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, you're right. Uh, the uh, the Big Ten Network snapping up the, the Black Friday game. The final year is going to be played for a couple of years in that time slot uh, before it resumes again. Look, they, I think it's a big gamble on their part, but I think it's a wise move because if it falls their way, and, and uh, they they could get you know this this game could determine the Big Ten West or if it doesn't there's a pretty good likelihood that one of those two teams will be playing for an opportunity and the other one can spoil uh, the other team's opportunity to get to Indianapolis. I think the Big Ten Network made a brilliant move snapping that one up. Without a doubt, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna grab a game, grab that one. And every year they have a you know a highest pick. You know it's somewhere between. 10 and 20, depending on the year, and they try to gun for you know a matchup that they think could, could be appealing. I think it was last year, it was like Nebraska-Wisconsin. The year before, it was uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin, maybe. And, and so this one, they really targeted. They thought that they had a chance with it uh, based on their selections, and, and so they went with it. And it makes total sense from their account, which is, you know, let's promote this game. It's a singular Big Ten game on one day. Uh, you know, a game that is really burgeoned to do a rivalry, two big fan bases, it's going to command some attention. Now, you know, from the Big Ten's perspective, I think it, it, there's a little bit of a concern there because, you know, seven out of the previous eight editions of the Black Friday matchups had rated really well, and they were all on major, you know, networks, either ABC or, or Fox. The other one, which was on FS1 two years ago, didn't do so well. And now you're talking about an entity that's not in a lot of households nationwide strictly in the mainly in the footprint of the big 10 so i think you're going to be you know you're going to have to take those uh ratings with a grain of salt to some extent and if you do have a game that's for the west division title say both teams are ranked or one team's got a chance at the title you might lose some of that uh prestige you know because there's other games nationally that just uh, is gonna you know kind of supersede it even if they're not as good so uh but otherwise you know for the big 10 network you couldn't have had a better game or a better day. Uh, that's gonna, and I, I'm glad they're going with the 130 yeah. kickoff. That's that's great for everybody. You know, another interesting component I found is for years the Big Ten wouldn't play night games in November. They are now allowed, but a part of your piece, both teams have to agree to it. Has there ever been a time that a team has said, "You know what? We don't want to play at night. Don't put us at a night game. It's too cold," or I don't know. We'll get back too late. Has anybody ever used that part of the rule and say? We're going to decline the night kickoff in the Big Ten. <laughs> that has never been released. As, uh, as, know, as anybody's saying, yeah, we, we we were offered that chance. I don't think people would do that very regularly. Um, you know, I can't imagine why they would want to. Now, um, you know, what you have is you could play a night game up to the first weekend in November, as far as the network saying they want it there. Afterwards, you have to agree to it, and that happened a few years ago. In fact, I want to say some of that has been in place before. In 2015, Iowa and Minnesota played a night game uh, November 14th at Kinnick Stadium. And, uh, you know, I mean, two hardy upper Midwestern teams, you know, of course they're going to play <laughs> at night. You know, Kinnick can have that exposure. But, uh, you know, you, 
that's why you don't see anything in Thanksgiving weekend or or the weekend before, you know, because you just you roll the dice weather wise. So uh, I don't know that anybody would ever say outright no and, and it be announced publicly that way because uh, they could be embarrassed. But I do think uh, you know there, I'm sure there's some reservation if anybody wants to get in that second to last or last weekend to, to play at night. Ohio State, Michigan. It's never going to happen. It's no, always yeah. eleven o'clock. But boy, that's that would certainly move the needle. I think ratings wise, Doc. You know, the one time I remember in '06, which I still think is the biggest game and the, the regular season game in Big Ten history, when they're one and two undefeated, uh, playing head to head. That was a two thirty kickoff locally, three thirty Eastern, and that was about as big as it got. So I I just don't know that they want to do that. They mm-hmm. like that time slot. And, and Fox likes it. Fox has, you know, pushed for it all these years. Uh, you know, so if, if they ever got in that situation, maybe they they shift it back to mid afternoon. But I just I just can't see them do it at night. I, I actually think their afternoon ratings would probably be better. Kind of like the NFL, where their uh, late Sunday afternoon ratings are better than some than a lot of their night games. Back for a moment to something Ken on touched at at the top: the two year extension of the Cyhawk game through twenty twenty five. It had been through 2023, two more games tacked on there. By the time we get to 2025, Doc, help me out. What's college football going to look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm. I think I talked about that earlier. Uh, you know, you've got a uh, you know a system in place where you just don't know, you know, what's going to happen media rights-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right now we're, we're still looking at five years out. Well, what was it five years ago? And what do you got, you know, with watching games on our phones, on Amazon, on Twitter, uh, you know, we have a younger generation that doesn't care about television, but they'll watch everything on their phones or on their laptops or tablets. So we don't know what the media rights landscape is going to be like then. So whether or not there's expansion or retraction at different conferences, I could see that. Uh, whether, you know, conferences join together or don't, you know, that's going to be really fascinating because by then you're going to see both the Big Ten and Big 12 uh, exhaust their media rights deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really am fascinated by what's going on in the Pac-12 because I just don't see that being a tenable situation for much longer. That's a great point, Doc, because all the other conferences are dwarfing them as far as dollars. And it's, it, it, it's in no small part to you know, the fact that the Pac-12 network has failed to gain clearance, um, you know, with, certainly with DirecTV. I missed watching Pac-12 games, but you just wonder. Um, apparently, there's not enough of this to do, Doc, because I think the outcry maybe would have, you know, made it uh, easier for the them to come to an agreement. But with the disparity in money between the power conferences, what might they be the most fragile conference as we look pa- look forward to that date? I, I absolutely believe that's the case, and I think that. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me at all. Let's say if the if the Big Twelve says, you know what. Let's go after USC and UCLA, uh, LA market. You, those two teams, uh, I don't think there's a more underappreciated entity than USC football right now mm-hmm. because the amount of money that they should get and they aren't getting right. is unreal. Uh, they should be at Ohio State, Texas levels, and instead they're you know 20 million behind Iowa. So I think uh, you know it wouldn't shock me at all if Larry Scott continues to play the fiddle while this conference burns. If uh, you start to see it, you know some of those teams saying, you know what, let's uh, let's take a look at what may happen like Big Twelve country, and Big Twelve says let's go after the four California schools plus the two Arizonas. <laughs> uh, it would change the dynamic of, of college football and change what everybody perceived about the Big Twelve for all those years because I think it's in a real strong place 
now uh, with with uh I do with too. Bob Bowles being charged. Yeah. I mean, you think back to what was it 2009 and and the Pac-12 was going to snatch up these Big 12 schools, the two, you know, the two big brands, Texas is going into the West and Oklahoma's going to follow them. Now it could be a completely different story. Scott Dockman from the Athletic Doc, thank you as always. We will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Doc. All right, great. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Good piece on television and the uh, changing dynamic. Uh, Scott Dockerman at The Athletic. All right, we will... Um, Darren Ravel just tweeted the spoiler, too, so it's everywhere. No, Ravel. It's everywhere. That um, guy. Yep. It's him. Ruined it, it for everyone. He did. He did. Uh, we'll take a time out. We will come back. We're here until noon. Dylan Montz joins the program next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Morning Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, final segment of the program. Again, uh, Hackfest coming up July the 19th. For more information, KXNO.com. If you only play in one of these types of golf tournaments in the summer months, or maybe play in a bunch of whatever, uh, I'd love to have you. Copper Creek is the scene. Friday, July the 19th. More information, go to KXNO.com. Let's get Dylan Monson here. He covers Iowa State uh, for the Ames Tribune. AmesTrib.com is where you can read him. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Dylan Monson, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty well, guys. How about you? Good. Slow time for you as well, Dylan? Yeah, yeah it's starting to shift a little bit. Um, some of the high school sports are ending, and then it'll be baseball and softball season, and then uh, before you know it, we'll be hitting uh, Big 12, Big 10 uh, football media days, so that's it's kind of crazy how quick the summer can move how much can you get done in advance of that for football i mean it's got to be difficult right not knowing depth charts you know opponents etc but you really i was just trying to you probably can't get a jump start on anything uh that you can you know that to publish prior to the season starting or can you yeah i mean you can kind of um I don't know my plan is usually to kind of talk to some of the newcomers if possible and, and start to gauge maybe um, where those guys can be at and then try to dip into the assistant coach pool a little bit and um, get updates on, on a few different guys that have come in in the summer. Uh, freshmen start to roll in here um, within the next week or so. So just having that kind of base is good. But it's hard to really do anything big. But uh, I really like Big 12 football media days because mm-hmm. you can get a grand scope of the conference and then um, really kind of dive in with uh, some of the bigger name players on the team as well. So uh, I always look forward to that time of year. Oh, a little bit of a newsy item here this morning that came out, the extension of the Cyhawk game. Through 2025, two more years attacked onto that. But with it, I started to take a peek forward at the Iowa State football schedules. Ken mentioned UNLV coming up on tap, a home and home with that, and a possibility maybe playing in the new stadium. They will, Sam. I just looked during the break. Sam Mack is closing. They're Sam Boyd. It down. Sam Boyd. Uh, Sam Boyd, yes. Sam Mack's basketball player, right? <laughs> uh, Sam Boyd Stadium is being torn down, and they'll play the game at Raiders' new facility. Gotta like that. Yeah. Also, Tulane in 2029. You'll still be working at the Ames Tribune in 2029, right? Decade Absolutely. later? Yeah, I'll be in my late You'll be running it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll be publisher. I'll still be uh, plugging away. But, uh, yeah, the, the UNLV trip is funny because I remember seeing that on the schedule a while ago and yeah. thinking, 
you know, that's that's so far out. It's it's just, hmm. uh, you know, it almost didn't seem real. But here you are, two one and two years uh, away from it. So it'll be pretty crazy not only to have the the Raiders in Las Vegas, but um, you know, it'll be playing in that new stadium too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a neat deal. No, it really is. I mean, Cyclone fans, I can just imagine the the planes Southwest and Allegiant will start. You know, more capacity Wednesday then Thursday then you got to stay out there for a Sunday if the Raiders are home yeah. that weekend or just to participate in uh, what it's like to watch an NFL Sunday in the sports book that's going to be a very popular road trip no doubt about that one so Dylan the Cyhawk series as Trent mentioned it's uh, it's now through 2000 uh and 25 how big of um you know is of um I don't know does it bother Matt Campbell do you think that he's still He's checked so many boxes with this program, and and the and the program is, you know, it's, it's clearly in in a much much better place, uncharted territory. But he's yet to beat Ferentz. How much do you think that bothers him? Yeah, I'm sure it's on his mind somewhat because there's so many different components that go into it. One, it it just adds another win to your schedule if you can get it, and it sets you up nicely just because um, you've kind of tested yourself early against a Power Five opponent. Um, and then you can kind of gauge where you're at overall. But then um, when you look at recruiting, that's that's maybe the biggest thing um, for Campbell, just with how much emphasis and importance he's placed on that. And um, You know, Iowa and Iowa State aren't always going for exactly the same kids. They'll go into different pools every now and then. But the in-state kids, you see more head-to-head competition there and, and, and maybe some of the regional um, places that they go. So it, just validating maybe the progress they've made with a win is, is – going to be the biggest thing for them so uh who knows if this is going to be the year they do it or not but um they're, they're as positioned as well maybe as they have, they've been um since he's been here to, to go and get a win but yeah it's it's i'm sure something that has has been talked about uh, in those football offices and, and something they think about a little bit you know dylan I, I get quite a kick out of fans for both schools that um yeah, you know, if they don't play this every year, I'd be okay with that. And, you know, maybe we can bring some other, another Power 5 school in. And, you know, what you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? I mean, I honestly got to think that those people are kidding themselves that, that, that go forward with that opinion. This is the biggest game in our state and it's not even close. If it were not to be there, Dylan, I just think that people would realize what a foolish thing that they've been saying for this game not to be played. It's the biggest game in the state by a country mile. I don't know what the hell we talk about. Exactly. Not playing. So, I, yeah, I think that there's so many good things that can come out of them playing that game. And I get how social media has probably emphasized or, you know, blown out mm-hmm. um, maybe some of the worst in both fan bases and, and how people go back and forth and how it's become a 12 month deal now. But, I, I think the good outweighs the bad in it, and it's it's a game that you can play early in the year. There's a lot of you know, if, especially if both teams are going to be good now. There's a lot of emphasis and hype on it. Um, I, I just think there's there's too many good things that can come out of it if both teams can kind of um, you know at least be uh, competing to be in the upper half of each conference. So I, I think it's it's got to stay, and um, you know it's good to see that it's here through 2025 at least. Couple of commitments for the football team over the weekend. Uh, Brady Peterson from just up the road from us here at Ankeny Centennial after getting an offer. He very quickly verbals to the Cyclones. Uh, I need you to polish off your, your scouting skills. How good of a long, long snapper did they get there in Kobe Haithcock? Yeah, it's interesting. The, the specialists are so different. Um, when you, in terms of recruiting and they get evaluated by, um, you know, only, only a couple, um, picking specialists camps and organizations so 
Uh, he's been working with Cole's kicking. Um, he's rated as the number two long snapper in the 2020 <laughs> class. Uh, another Arizona kid, which Iowa State has kind of gone out there for, for a few different guys now with, obviously, Brock Purdy and Deshane James, who's coming in as a wide receiver, Braden Narvison. Um, and now Kobe Haycock. Um, but I, I think uh, it's, that's obviously a position that can it's easy to overlook just mm-hmm. because you don't necessarily think of, of long snappers being integral to the team. But I know Campbell has talked a lot about Steve Wartell and, and the kind of values he's added to their special teams unit because you're snapping the ball, you got to be perfect in that, but you're also the first guy down the field to, to go make a play as well. So getting a guy there that you feel good about and, solid, and is solid is, is really important and um, I, I know they, they have a lot of, um, you know, they place high value and expectations maybe on what he can do after this year when Wartell is gone. Mm. Yeah, you're 100% right. It's such an integral part, such an important part. I'm not sure I could name one long snapper in college or the NFL. <laughs> and I'm not just saying this year. I don't think over the last maybe 20 years I could name Casey a- Kreider. Casey, he was with Denver, was he Yes, not? yeah. Okay, uh, but Pope I wouldn't Poland. have got it. I mean, you with just, your squad, yeah, you you just don't think of that, Dylan. Yeah, it's it really it's, it's a position that people, you know, it, you only can kind of even notice it when something makes goes a wrong. mistake, uh, right? Otherwise, yeah, otherwise it, it kind of gets overlooked. Which I guess, um, you know, offensive linemen can be like that too a little bit. But um, you know, the, that's why they give this kid a scholarship too, is mm. because they want a guy that can come in and, and do it really well. So that's what they did with Wartell, and that's what. Um, they're hoping Haycock can do as well. I got something maybe to run past you. I don't know if you've heard much about this story. I was looking, uh, listening to a podcast over the weekend. I had a lot of windshield t- t- time driving over to Sioux City, and with it, I was listening to uh, the Audible with Stuart Mandel and with uh, Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman was doing the interview, and it was with Matt Campbell, and he brought up a question about him after his first year at Bowling Green having an opportunity to go work with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They asked him to come in to interview, and he declined that. Had you heard that story before? Do you know much behind that, Dylan? You know what? I actually hadn't, um, and, and that's that's actually one of the podcasts I just downloaded to, to go listen to. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a fit, probably. I think it could have been a fit because of, you know, the way Belichick thinks about football and the way Campbell thinks about football. They're so singularly minded in that way that I think he could have assimilated that staff really well. and. Um, you know, the, the NFL is obviously something that has been tossed around with Campbell's name before, but I, I hadn't heard that story. But it, it's interesting because he talked about how young Campbell would have been at the time to go up and mm. um, get on the Patriots staff and latch on there. Um, you know, it's obviously not a bad place to be for assistance. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Although they haven't had a lot of luck after they leave the leave there. Cornell, um, I don't th- No, he didn't. None of them did. Charlie didn't. Yeah. Patricia's been a failure so far. Josh McBlunder with the Broncos. Uh, yeah. once, once you leave Belichick's staff, it has not worked out well. Well, so maybe it did work out. Yeah. He, said, he said no to that. And, um, you know, he obviously rose up quick to be a head coach. But, yeah, it's an interesting what if, though, no doubt. Absolutely. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, Take good care. to talk to you. Dylan Mons on Iowa State. We uh, appreciate that. Boy, Darren Ravel is just getting killed in his replies on Twitter. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Is there anybody on Twitter that tweets as much that has as many followers as he does that gets more blowback from anything that he does? Vitriol from just, all It's amazing. Angles. He's got to have incredibly thick skin if he reads his own 
you know, the replies that he gets to a tweet. I think that has grown throughout the years, too, for him. He has used it? to go back at people a lot yeah. anymore. Eh, you know, you know who doesn't have really, and has a lot of followers that seemingly gets in a lot of fights and skin's not as thick as, as thick as it should be? Mike Florio. Oh, really? Yeah, he gets in a lot of fights. I don't even know if I follow Florio. Pro football talk, you don't? I don't. Really? So, no. Okay. Yeah. Right. I got 500 followers. You gotta cut the list at some point. I did. I'm. I'm. My, my goal is to be below two hundo. Five hundred's my limit. Is it? Yeah. One ninety eight. That's what I'm at. One ninety eight. I've already identified my next guy to go. Oh I, really? Yeah. And it's it's gonna. It's, is it, it me? No. Okay. No. But it's gonna be. It won't be easy. Oh really? Yeah. You gonna have that, to talk to this person. I think so. I just let him know why that you know you're the odd man out. Uh-huh. That I can't go above two hundred, and I gotta follow blank. What if it's two oh four? No, you just no, makes you nervous. Below, stay, stay below two hundo. It's your rule. That's my rule. It's a hard and fast. It one. is a hard. You fast. got a lot of rules. I do. I do. One of those is not to be busy today at three o'clock so I can watch John Lester. Trent, I know Al Yellen thinks that this has happened in his Cubs career before. It hasn't. He's been bad his last three starts. Bad. I don't yes. think you can find. That's my point. He's had disappointing bad outings. Of course, everybody does. I don't think he's had three bad outings like he's had because he has not. He's given up 16 earned runs in his last three starts. 25 that, hits. It's, that's not John Lester like. 25 hits. He ne- they need a big start out of him today. This is the ace of that staff. You know, stop this losing streak. Lost six of seven, eight out of the last ten. Got off to an awful start, then righted the ship, and now they're in, they find themselves in second place. The Brewers aren't going away. Mm-mm. This is a big weekend for the Cardinals. They did what they needed to do coming off the worst May in franchise history. They sweep the team that came into St. Louis in first place. Now you got the Brewers doing Brewer things. Yep. Both the Pirates and Reds, though, I don't think They're any, both good teams, Trent. They're solid, yes. yes. They're not teams that you say, you got a four-game set, we'll get three out of four at minimum here. No. You, you can't just put that no. in pencil. If, if there is one of those two teams that I think you could you feel better about, I think it's the Pirates. Do it's you? Not the Reds. Reds pitching staff is good. They are. They're. they're yeah. I like this Reds team. They're not going to win the division. No. But they're going to. They're going to. Um, they're going to spoil some games this year. And I. I like that Pirates. I. I like both those teams. They're mm-hmm. both solid. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not the Tigers. They're not. <laughs> not the Marlins. Yeah. White Sox are playing better. They are. White Sox are winning some Back games. Back tied up uh, after winning three out of four with the Indians for second. Really? Eleven and a half back. Are you kidding me? There, that's where they. That's where they begin play this week. I didn't yes. realize that. Tied for second. <laughs> they in the are playing four ninety two baseball, twenty nine and thirty. Good for them. Twins are on pace for I think one hundred and eighteen wins. Where do, where did they go now? Do they stay on the road or come back home? They are this week. They're what off today. It? They are. Yeah, it's at the no. Cleveland, then Detroit, both on the road. Okay. So the Indians, this will, they'll have this one circled on their calendar. It's a big schedule, this big weekend. It's silly to say in early June, but... Trent. Did the Indians have to sweep? Well, they certainly have to win the series at, yeah. at minimum. And even that only cuts it to ten and a half. You uh-huh. win two out of three. Right. It is such a long run. It, it feels silly to say at 11 and a half, 10 and a half, whatever a double-digit lead is insurmountable. And then I think back to, you hear those collapses in baseball throughout the years. I can't remember one of recent history. Boy. This big? Yeah. Yeah. And you hear about you know deficits being gone in a month and a half in six weeks. How can that happen? Mm-hmm. That's the Red Sox. Yeah, right. 
Those uh, kind of things, but yeah, they happen but the every few, and few far, years. Yeah, few and far between. That big, though. I, really? twin, I mean, the Twins go ahead and print the playoff tickets. Yeah. It's, it certainly seems like that. All right, Blues pay, uh, Blues Bruins tonight. It's a must-win game for the St. Louis Blues. They can't go um, into Boston on Wednesday next game. And each, it's, it's, uh, it's Thursday. Is, is it Thursday? Thursday, yep. So NBA is Wednesday? Yep. So Monday, Thursday. So they can't get their Thursday night and, and have to beat the Bruins or the or the season is over. And have to win three straight. Yeah, it's not happening. You're not winning three straight uh-uh. against that team. I don't think you are. Tukaraska is too good between mm-hmm. the pipes. He's been terrific, and the first line is going again. Uh, the defense is solid. Blues, as I said, I, that's at least the way I saw the game on Saturday. And I, I thought it was all St. Louis early in the hawk. The Blues survived that little spurt, and then... Uh, Bruins got a couple past them. Bad one to end the period. And it was over. All right, so were we. Murph and Andy are the next local programming. They come your way at 2. The Fanatics today at 4. On a Tuesday, we'll start it all again. The Morning Rush is back with you at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're Miller and Condon. Glad to be with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.